0: My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating Girl Boners for years.
1: It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister-slash-girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting.
0: Sexy probably isn't the first word that comes to mind when you think of sex education, but should it? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and today we are going to talk to an incredible woman who is taking sex ed to a whole new fun, funny, and empowering level. Jessica Drake is a three-time AVN Best Actress winner, sexual wellness authority, and educator who brings erotic topics to life through intimate demonstrations performed by some of today's hottest adult stars, her DVD series is called Jessica Drake's Guide to Wicked Sex. I just love that. As the writer, producer, director, and host of the series, Jessica addresses a different aspect of sexuality in each volume. She also travels all over the country, teaching workshops and seminars, going beyond the birds and the bees to educate sexually active adults on topics relevant to them. They're all aimed at helping men and women explore different ways of giving, receiving, and achieving pleasure and changing negative perceptions about sex how much do we love that Thanks so much for being here,
1: Jessica. Thank you you for having me. It's so good to be here. Yeah, That's a great intro. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yours and mine. Oh, gosh. Well,
0: there are many great things to to say about you. I'm so uh, fascinated by your very diverse career, and it sounds like it's been a pretty surprising path for you in some ways, uh, kind of where it's led. Tell us how you kind of uh, transitioned from... You know, first appearing in the adult films before becoming an educator, and now going out and in, into the public to
1: to teach. Well, certainly, if you would have told me at the beginning of my adult career that I would have ended up in this area, um, I would have been very surprised. Not not against it, but just very. Hmm, that would be quite a leap for me. Um, signing with Wicked Pictures almost ten years ago plays such a huge part in the paths that my career has taken over these years. Um, Very quickly, I realized that the more I had to do with a production, the happier I was with it. So I became involved in a lot of the the behind-the-scenes work um, behind the camera and learning every job from the ground up. And I started writing, I started directing features, and the first feature I ever did It really made an impact on me to be able to see that creative process and understand what that translates to and understand how my vision can be portrayed. And, um, you know, I I was doing that for a while and still performing, of course, as I do now, because I love it. Um, And I noticed a change in the type of people that were coming to see us at appearances. Um, Wicked does a lot of public appearances. I travel all over the place for them. And it used to be I would stand at a podium or a table and sign autographs and take pictures and that sort of thing for men. Lines and lines of men. (laughs) And this was years ago. And all of a sudden it seemed maybe four maybe four, almost five years ago, that we started seeing women. And I think it was a combination of things. I think it's the internet giving women the anonymity to explore different types of sex that maybe they wouldn't have before. I think society maybe started to embrace us just a little bit more than they had. Um, And I also think that it was an emergence of these amazing boutique sex shops that are giving women a safe, comfortable environment to shop in. So all of a sudden, there's women everywhere.
0: <laughs> I, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's so, I got chills when you were talking about that because it's.
1: I know it's just the start. Sure. But what an important start. And they started asking me questions, and they were coming out to to celebrate occasions like, oh, I'm getting married. I'm getting divorced. <laughs> I, lost, <laughs> I lost my virginity. I want my first vibrator. I have a question. Uh, I'm throwing my girlfriend a, bachelor par- a bachelorette party. So many different reasons but they were asking questions. And so I started realizing that maybe we, we know a lot that we take for granted that other people know. And I had two really pivotal moments. Um, I talked to a woman who wasn't having orgasms and she was in her 40s. She had a partner for a long time. And had basically trained him how not to make the sweet love to her. Wow. And then I talked to another couple who thought there was something wrong with them because they could not achieve anal sex the way they saw in porn movies.
0: In porn movies, which is such
1: a different thing. Completely. Completely. And I think as, a, as an adult performer, I think in my mind for the longest time, I was under the assumption... That people know that just like when you go to see a movie in a movie theater, that's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of doing things that don't work, going back, reshooting them. And it's kind of the same in porn, only we don't have that big budget, you know?
0: Right. And they're all trying to make it just palatable to the eyes. Sure. So it may not be pleasurable from the actual doing it standpoint.
1: Well, not only that, but something that a lot of people don't realize is that we're having sex before the cameras start rolling. So any type of prep that we've had to do for any particular sex act, specifically anal, um, we've done that and we're not we're not going to stand there and talk about it when we're shooting a movie (laughs) that's made for fantasy. Right, of course. So it's basically being able to differentiate between fantasy porn that you would watch to spice up your love life or masturbate versus the type of product that you would watch for an educational benefit. And that's how Guide to Wicked Sex came around.
0: Fantastic. And it sounds like people really trust your
1: judgment, which makes
0: sense. And it's wonderful to hear it from somebody who is, Performing and knows exactly what goes into both on the on the big screen and in your own relationship with yourself with your partner with your partners. Uh, I love the fact that you have a volume specifically on female masturbation, which is such an underaddressed, underexplored, undercelebrated. Some of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mine too. What What are some of the kind of takeaways or tips that uh, you share in that? And I hope everyone goes off to to access
1: that. A female masturbation is one of my favorite. Volumes because it ended up being so very genuine. Um, What I wanted to leave women with was a sense of security about their bodies. Um, There's a lot of body exploration in female masturbation, Um, there's a lot of just letting women know that. We're all different and be comfortable with that and take the time to get to know yourself because it's very hard to be confident in the bedroom or to bring these, These li- we are all so different. We have the same anatomy, but our likes and our dislikes and, and just technique is so varied. It's a good idea to familiarize yourself with your own body before you attempt to share that with a partner. Because you you can't convey what you want unless you know what you want, you know. And, And so many women out there either aren't masturbating or are masturbating in one very specific way to get off very quickly, and and I'm guilty of that sometimes myself. Hey, the quickies are fun, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah. They are, but at the same time, like you said, you can kind of, not into a rut, but sort of just a habit, and it's you don't ever explore something else because you know that one thing
1: works for you, and you lose the adventure that way. And my favorite part of female masturbation was, see, in all of my volumes, I don't perform, I narrate in them. I didn't want to detract from the series by, by building something where I'm a performer, and then one day I don't do it anymore, and then fans are just disappointed. Um, So in all of the volumes, I have three hardcore sex scenes demonstrating whatever topic it is. And for female masturbation, I had a huge table of all sorts of toys. And I don't like to direct my talent at all. I don't like to sometimes I have to, but I don't like to. And I told them, all I want you to do is get off. (laughs) I don't care if you use fingers a toy a vibrator a dildo two toys three toys no toys do whatever you want like internal external vibrating not vibrating the the shower the shower head mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to do is what i want you to do and i ended up with julia ann doing a masturbation scene with a body wand that she walked out of my house with. (laughs)
0: She's like, I am keeping this. She's (laughs) like,
1: you're not getting this back. Uh, Misty Stone used the shower head. um, And Lily LeBeau ended up using the majority of the toys, actually, (laughs) and doing way, way more than I ever thought was going to happen. But it's so genuine. Like, I love a genuine orgasm. And unfortunately, aside from the guys, we don't get enough of that in porn. Mm. You know, I like that real, real orgasm.
0: And you can't can't fake that. You can fake an orgasm. But that real authenticity and the passion you feel that, I can just imagine all the listeners right now thinking, like, how can I get to be in one of these films? They sound so (laughs) fun. Uh, So... uh, you also explore anal play. I do. For men and women, which yes. I love because, first of all, well, I love anal play, but I also think that it is such a taboo topic. And it shouldn't be. Why is it taboo? Why do you
1: think it's taboo? Well, I think that anal is uh, anal for women is slowly losing its taboo due to, um, you know, the erotic books that are out there mm-hmm. right now, um, especially the, that big one, um, mm-hmm. the three-volume big one. Um, but I also think that... I think that for for men, it carries a lot of stigma because if a guy likes it, his immediate reaction is, does this make me gay? and not that there's anything wrong with being gay or bisexual or experimentation or anything like that but for some reason especially in certain areas of the country I find um, guys are really reluctant to admit that they enjoy it or even attempt to enjoy it yeah you know it's like oh but they do oh. if they if they almost attempt if they almost like during a really great blowjob yeah. oh yes <laughs> but then they're like we must never speak of this again oh gosh hey guys <laughs> all of you we
0: we find it very hot. It Whether is. you're gay or straight, we find it hot. Yeah. And it's part of your body. It's not, you know, doesn't determine anything about your sexuality other than you have that freedom and capacity for pleasure. Yeah,
1: exactly. Kind of like I mean, unless you're having another man give you anal pleasure and you're a man.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's yeah. your your main preference. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, it's, it's so interesting. I wish, you know, as the stigma around uh, homosexuality Reduces.
1: Hopefully, that will change too, as kind of a byproduct. I hope. Yeah, I do hope. It's it's so funny. I've done seminars on. Well, first, when I did the DVDs, I separated them. So there's anal play for women, and then there's anal play for men. Later on, uh, I knew anal play for men was going to be one of my favorites, and we cover everything from fingers, toys, actual pegging, just every everything. I like to integrate it into my anal sex seminars because inevitably I have a room full of couples that are interested in, well, how can I get my wife, girlfriend, partner, lover to let me have anal sex with her? So I spend the first half, maybe three quarters of the seminar talking about anal sex for women. And then I start talking about prostate play. And it's a pretty good gauge of the comfortability of the audience very quickly Some guys will shift around. Some guys will smile. Some wives will, like, elbow their husband in the (laughs) ribs and, like, ha-ha, like, we were just doing that. You know, it's really really interesting. I love their reactions, and I love it when people open up their minds and just— warm up to new things. Sure. You know?
0: Is it is it quite different for men and women? Uh, obviously, the prostate stimulation is one big difference. Otherwise, though, are the techniques and things like that, are they different?
1: No, they're fairly the same. Yeah, They are fairly the same. And um, that's why I watch to see how interested the guys and girls are during the main part of the anal seminar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I talk about everything, and, and your intro is amazing. I try to be the best friend or sexual reader resource that, that nobody had in high school or right. nobody had in growing up or college or whatever right. and I have told so many people how to do an enema. I mean it's <laughs> to the point. You thought you'd never Right. Do it. <laughs> ever. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Uh, to the point where I have a, a case that I carry with me that has an enema in it. and I mean, I don't do a live demonstration. Right. Um, but there is a live demonstration on the anal play for women. Awesome. Um, I love that. Yeah. And
0: I also love, this probably happens to you, the reason that that's in my intro is because as soon as I first started writing my Girl Owner series on my blog before the show started, and it's amazing once you start the conversation how comfortable people are talking to you. And I noticed that they perhaps wouldn't write comments as publicly on my blog as as they would if I were talking about something else. But in person, you know, I've had people come up to me in a a restroom and at at a uh, movie theater. This uh, middle-aged woman, she was very sweet and seemed a bit shy. And she came up to me and she said, are you August? And she said, my husband and I read your blog. And she turned like fuchsia. And it was so sweet and endearing because I could tell that it was not a comfortable thing for her to do. But she was smiling. So I took that as probably a big, you know, it felt like a big compliment that she just was grateful. And I think because we don't have those resources, it's so important to have people like you who can uh, make it very accessible and you're not intimidating, even though you are this adult star, which is,
1: which is a great thing. Well, I think a lot of what I try to bring is a sense of realism. And I definitely help people differentiate between what they see on screen for fantasy entertainment versus sex in real life. Um, sex in real life is messy. It's awkward. It might not work. It's never linear like you see in porn. Yeah. You know, it's never a linear thing. And that's what I try to drive home. I mean, sometimes I think it's cool if people... People buy one of my movies and they watch it for the fantasy value and they wanna get dressed up and they wanna act it out, that's a cool thing to do. It's really cool. Um but also know that you're gonna try stuff and it's not going to work and you're going to fall off the couch or the counter or it's going to slip or I mean there's just going to be all sorts of stuff that goes along with it you know and it's natural and it's are there porn outtakes on anything wouldn't that be awesome (laughs) just a whole movie of them I don't know how (laughs) awesome that would be uh it's funny I get asked that question a lot what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you on set and it just there's just so many things that you just kind of laugh off and keep going you know I've fallen before I've stood up on beds and like hit my head on lights and it hasn't like I've fallen down and I've rolled one direction thinking the bed was behind me, but there was no more bed behind me yeah. um, just all kinds of stuff and it's
0: probably less embarrassing because it happens so often you're like oh there we go again pretty, pretty <laughs> I'm much off the bed pretty much
1: <laughs> I think the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me on set was Before I was contracted to Wicked, um, I was shooting a movie at a studio, and apparently it was in a residential area, and the neighbors had called the police because they suspected a domestic dispute. So I was doing a girl-girl scene, and I was wearing a strap on, and we were taking a break for relighting, and I ran into the police. And all I had on was a strap on. Oh my gosh! It was a long time ago. Pretty embarrassing, though. They are still still telling that story. I'm sure they are. It was a real. It was a really long time. You ago. made their you made
0: their day, their year, their decade, their career. Um, <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, so I also, speaking of of making it real and 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 approachable, I love 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 the fact that you have one of the first ever resources for. Uh, plus size individuals that is so important what inspired you to do that
1: when i first started the series i wanted it to be all inclusive and wicked is branded as a very mainstream heterosexual adult company um when i went to the owner and told him i wanted to do anal play for men he raised an eyebrow but trusted my judgment and it does very well same thing happened with plus size um from the very beginning, I realized that it was a genre that was not only misrepresented, but it was just everything was done so poorly and some of it was so condescending. And it, I don't know, it there There was no resource for the plus size community. There were blogs and books and people doing seminars already. Um, But I knew that it was something that I wanted to explore. And I have other titles like that as well. I, I can't disclose them now, but there are other titles that I want to get into that have nothing to do with mainstream porn at all nothing. Um, so I went to Wicked and I said, look, I really want to do plus size. I'm also interested in shooting plus size feature movies or featuring plus size performers in my movies, because I think that it, to differentiate and say one body type can work in this genre and another body type has to stay over here. It's like saying they're not sexual. I absolutely yeah. agree with you. And I think that that's not fair. Um, but I mean, I'm Five foot eight, and I'm pretty skinny, and I didn't think that I could tackle doing plus size sex on my own. I didn't think I would be taken very seriously. I knew I needed a member of the plus size community, um, Kelly Shabari. We had her on She's Amazing. You had her on She's Amazing. Love her. I I do. I love Kelly. And I happened upon Kelly um, at another radio station where I used to host a show as well. And I saw her in the studio, and I was like, we need to talk. So we talked for six months to a year before the project actually came together, and I collaborated with her on it. She was um, my go-between um, within the the plus-size uh, network. I mean, I got to meet all the performers, and I talked to them. and She explained to me that they were paid less than mainstream performers. No, oh, and that's so
0: aggravating.
1: How can you devalue someone based on? Oh, I was so so furious. I can't. I can't even tell you. Like, I couldn't even understand. They should
0: be paid more if if any if, if anything a difference,
1: because there's fewer of them. Yes, absolutely. And they specialize. I was so utterly offended and appalled by that. I was like round up our cast list. Let's get this together and I'm going to tell you what my budget is and I'm going to tell you what I would have charged for a boy-girl rate plus dialogue, whatever. And that's what we're going to pay them because that's the right thing to do. And then you get into a... I could go on about this all day. You get into a a discussion. I was at the Feminist Porn Conference in Toronto um, last year and they're talking about producing feminist porn and making ethical porn and there's a a guidelines for it there's a list and everything and and i see the list and i hear the things and i couldn't help myself i was on a panel about making ethical porn and i was like forgive me but i'm almost insulted that there has to be a list for treating people the way they deserve to be treated you know
0: it's true that we shouldn't have the need the word feminist we shouldn't have sex positive i mean that's because mm-hmm. the norm
1: is sex negative mm-hmm. it is so sad it's really frustrating so back to plus size um I brought the performers in. Uh, I narrated a bit in the beginning, and then I handed it over to Kelly, who did a fantastic job. And we had demonstrations, and we had the three hardcore sex scenes, and Kelly did commentary over them. I took her into the studio and everything. And and it's won- it, it sold out very quickly. It went to its second run very quickly. Uh. And in its initial run, it's been the most successful volume in the series. So short term, wow. it's really outsold some of the volumes. Um, to date, my my biggest selling volumes are Fellatio, Anal, Anal for Men, and Female Masturbation. So we'll see what Plus Size does in the long run. Huge but kudos for that. Congratulations. It was amazing. Thank you. And all the performers came to me and they were like, I've never felt so beautiful. I've never been treated so well on a set. And I mean, it made me feel good because I helped put it together, but in a way it also made me feel bad. Like...
0: You That's should always so sad you that should it's a rarity. Always feel like
1: this. Absolutely, you know?
0: which is how women at home feel. Yeah. And they're told in myriad ways that they are not sexual, sexy, beautiful, valuable. It's it's just it's an atrocity. Uh, what are some tips? I know that you also have a, a wonderful blog on your website. And I saw that you've written about um, feeling comfortable naked, which is a topic I love talking about. Uh, what is one of your tips? Whether Because the thing is, is uh, body dislike is pretty universal um, in every body type. Uh, for women, uh, sadly, um, what are some of the, the basic ways that
1: women can start feeling more comfortable and recognize their own beauty? That's a great question. Um, I, When I was shooting Plus Size and I was listening to their interviews, I started talking back to them. To let them know that even though I'm a slender, mainstream model, I have body insecurities. And I grew up as a child being bullied because I was always 5'8", like as long as I can remember. I've yeah. been very, very tall and I used to be very skinny, like, like stick skinny. And I was really picked on. And I think it's important to acknowledge first that we are all in the same boat and that we all do have those insecurities. I have them every day of my life. I could tell you things I don't like about my body. Instead, I try, it doesn't always work, but I try to focus on the things about my body that I love. Sure. And I love those parts of my body. Um, I take the time to be with myself. I practice self care. Um, masturbation is a big part of it, you know, just to become very comfortable, spend more time naked, get to know your body. Um, and for women, I, I also tell them if you are under the impression that the adult industry is one body type only, it's very diverse. It is very diverse. Um, there's something for everyone in this genre. And I don't like when women feel like they're not good enough to have the type of sex they want to have because of the way that they look.
0: Because then they'll never get there. It's right. like it's a, I had a, a severe eating disorder in my early teens. And so overcoming those issues, I really learned that when you set this sort of... I will be lovable and sexy when, when I lose this weight, when I gain this weight, when I increase this muscle tone, when I get rid of my acne, when I, no, it starts with deciding and, and the awareness and appreciation, I feel like we kind of focus on the negativity as a way of thinking it'll go away. Like if I op- obsess sure. over the foods that I'm eating and control it, then I will somehow get thinner when, in fact, it's focusing on life passions and what your body's capable of. And I love what you said about self-care because that seems to fall to the wayside.
1: Oh, it does a lot. It, it does in women for a myriad of different reasons. It, it, it's it's family. It's kids. It's work. It's stress it's finances, it's personal life. It's just, it can be anything. And the, uh, I will love myself also goes along with, I will be happy when, you know, and that that's something that I've learned over the past years, you know, and I think as we get older, it's sort of, We're in between because we learn more about ourselves and I've been more comfortable, but also I have had in the past a tendency to say, well, if I just did this, I would be happy or I'll finish this when I do this. And you have to live in the moment and you have to embrace it as it's happening and you can't wait. You can't put it off. Just let, let's start. So like Wizard Love of Oz, What did she say? It was always inside you. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes. Yes. Or you. or big fish. You become what you always were.
0: So true. Great mantra. Great meditation mantra. <laughs> I, I wrote about um, the sexy benefits of meditation on my blog, my, my latest post. And it's amazing when we become more mindful, more grateful for our lives, and, and try to find that joy in the moment. And that that's one of my favorite benefits of sex is that, It used to be the only time I was fully present. Once you're really in it, you know, once you if you have the insecurities, once you're past them and you're because you can't really orgasm if you're sitting there obsessing over the grocery list or the stress at work or whatever. So it's incredible when you when you connect with yourself in that way. That's huge. What do you do for your own
1: self-care? Well, I'm still trying to practice enough self-care, but I'm a big fan of the spa. Um, I love steam showers. I love to soak in a bath. I'm into essential oils. Um, I dabble in meditation. I dabble. It's Um, a a hard
0: thing to get really fully into. Yeah.
1: I put myself in nature. Beautiful. I enjoy putting myself into nature. Um, But for that matter, sometimes self-care for me is getting in my car, blaring music, and taking a drive. You know, um, sometimes for me, self-care is just blissing out on a book or I'm like an avid reader. Um, It just varies. I think it's a matter of knowing that you need to carve out a little time for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Beautifully said. And where can we learn more about you?
1: Everywhere. So I am on Twitter at the Jessica Drake. You can also see my adult features as well as my instructionals on wicked.com. You can check out the blog, uh, website that goes along with my line of instructionals called guide to wicked You can also follow wicked pictures on Twitter. We're at wicked pictures. And we also have an amazing line of lubes that, um, I definitely point people towards when I do all of my seminars. Um, they're PETA certified. They're amazing. Really? Yes, they are amazing. Um, I will make <coughs> sure that you get samples of them. It's called the Wicked Sensual Care Collection. They're flavored, I bet. Some of them are. Sunflower. They're flavored with stevia, which is from the sunflower plant. So, yeah. They're Good really, and healthy. I yes, love that. and no no bad aftertaste. And, yeah, they're delicious. As a matter of fact, since Halloween is coming up, um, everyone loves the salted caramel with the candy apple. We mix it, and it's delicious. Ooh, what a great way to celebrate Halloween. (laughs) I know. I took the lubes onto the set of the last movie that I starred in called Sinners, which I did with Asa Akira, and I didn't tell her that I was bringing flavored lubes. Like I've never brought flavored lubes to a set before, and I brought Mocha Java, and uh, I used it during one of the scenes um, quite liberally. I was putting it all over everyone, (laughs) and she got a hold of it and was like, oh my god. This tastes amazing. And for her, like that, that was pretty big. She was like, I want this all the time now, always. That is beautiful. What
0: a great, everyone. Your, your new trick trick or treat hotspot. yeah go to guide to wicked sex.com. make sure you follow Jessica Drake on Twitter yes. I can't wait to check out all your work I'm just I hope you enjoy them I know Definitely. I will thank you for what you do it's, sure. it's amazing if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes leave a rating and review and hop over to my website augustmclaughlin.com for show extras and a whole lot more thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner embracing week